uh, I missed it this year. I was not at the Macworld. Expo. Oh, you weren't there? No. <laughs> did, did you see me there? <laughs> did you see me? Oh, I, I, I must have. I, yeah. No, I know. I know. We. <laughs> I'm trying no, to. No, you were. Uh, you were missed. I'm trying to remember the last time I missed a macro, and I, it's been so many years in a row that I I don't even remember. See, I told you, like the first night I got I got to I had a few too many uh, beverages, and I think it was because I wasn't there to to watch you. <laughs> you weren't there to, for me to watch, so that uh, so that I would I would know how much was too many. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, how was the show? It was pretty good. I mean, it's I, I haven't seen numbers for the traffic, but the right. the traffic on the floor was decent, uh, and I can never tell because they they always move it around, so it's hard to. So this year it was in Moscone North. Oh, so that's weird. Well, I mean, yeah. not weird, but different, right? And I can't, you know, so I can't judge how big the floor was compared to previous years, right? Because the last couple of years it was in Moscone West, which is, yeah. in my opinion, a much nicer building because it's above ground and right right it's a little that it is a little nicer flooded with I sunlight think. and then moscone north and south are literally subterranean right i mean they're that's not you know like a, a euphemism or something it's like you're in, you're <laughs> no, in a cave no, it was, it was, you literally go down right. um and uh it seemed it seemed like the, the show was maybe a, maybe just a little bit smaller than last year i don't know but at the same time it also just seemed like there was less just junk. Hmm. It seemed for a long time, particularly after the iPhone came out, there was, it just got flooded with like crappy cases and stuff like that. And there's still, and there's still a little, like a few little sort of, you know, there, there are the the booze that are, I I remember just hawking, you know, hawking the cheapest possible um, earphones and and stuff like that. But, but for the most part, I think, it seemed seemed to me like what they shed were maybe a couple of the large like like Omni wasn't there. Right. Omni has for years had a had a big booth and they yeah. didn't have a they didn't have a booth there this year. But um, they uh, it also just seemed like there was a lot of the junk was cut out too, which was nice. Yeah, I remember specifically in 2011 because it had to be 2011 because it was the first year after the iPad was the original iPad was announced. And it really seemed like half the booths were for like either iPad cases or, and it was such a huge thing. And then once you noticed it, you just couldn't help seeing it. Like every other booth was selling it, like right. attachable arms that you could attach an iPad to, to make it like hang on a wall or, you know, <laughs> and, and, any sort of just like, the, cause they were throwing everything up against Right. It was just anything that you could and, just snap onto yeah. an iPad. And it right. was like robot arms and, you know, just ways that you would like hang it in a, on a cubicle. And it's like all these things. And I just remember thinking like, I can see how like in a rare case, somebody needs this thing, but I can't imagine how half of these booths could be selling these, you know, how many people actually need to, to hang yeah. their iPad on a wall. Yeah. And there were, bo- there were single booths that just had literally hundreds of different iPhone cases. Right yeah. back then, and I, it seems like that stuff is kind of dried up as a. As it's a, well, yeah. I mean, I think they've they've settled down a little bit. <laughs> right. I think it's not that they're selling that the that the industry as a whole is selling fewer iPad cases. They're probably selling more than ever because Apple's selling more iPads than ever. It's just that the the sort of 
gold rush mentality of, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to be a company that makes these. We better get a booth at, you know, all these trade shows yeah. is, is over. Right. Uh, what about the conference? How'd that go? Uh, pretty well. Yeah. I mean, what, I didn't go to a huge number of, I wasn't, I was only there two days uh, and I, w- I was on one panel and then I went to um, a couple others and so the ones I saw were good. The The one that I really liked was the, I'm going to get the name wrong. It's, it's the rapid fire, I think mm. where they get, they got like 18 people to come up and talk about something for five minutes. Oh, that's a great format. I love that. Which is, yeah. And, and, uh, they just, they had a really good set of, um, of examples of like different technologies and also just like ways to do things that, I mean, I've, I, I went in there sort of on a lark and then I found myself taking notes. So, yeah, a lot was, of times uh, I think that's a great format and it's, it's like, um, it's the way that Twitter can be a more efficient means of communication. Even if you're struggling at first to fit your idea, you know, whatever it is you're trying to convey into 140 characters, once you do, it's the condensed nugget of the message you're trying to get apart. And that's the same thing with those three, three minute or five minute, uh, yeah. Flash sessions. Yeah. Like Kyle Weens. Kyle Weens had a pretty funny. He's the I fix it guy. Who yeah. I, I think, try, uh, Drives some people crazy because he's, he rails against Apple for you know making devices that are, are cons- you know more <laughs> less and less fixable over the years. At least that's been a trend. Right. But he had a he had a good one where he would just like talk about e- easy ways to fix your your devices, and then and he threw in a bunch of them that he was you know obviously pretending were easy that were really not easy at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his- like, try trying to get an i trying to get an iPad Mini open. <laughs> I am I am never going to try to get an iPad mini open. Yeah, you know what? I'm looking at my iPad mini right now and I have to say I don't even know. <laughs> there was like I mean you have to like there's this thing that you have to buy and you put it in the microwave to heat it up and then you have to apply it to the mini <laughs> to get, to loosen up like some of the gum, I guess, underneath or something like that so you can pry it off. <laughs> like no. I don't even see yeah, I don't even see I guess you had to have to somehow loosen the adhesive that attaches the right. screen. Right. Right. And then you have to stick a bunch of different, like, um, I don't know what you call splungers or whatever those things are. Those little, uh, plastic things that you pry things apart with. Yeah. I know. I forget what they're Yeah. Called. I've got a bunch of them here. Yeah. His, his stick has been the, the thing that you're talking about that he annoys people is that his stick is that every single design decision that Apple makes with any of its devices that ends up making it hard for them or other third-party fix-it shops to fix these things, he attributes to uh, so, solely to solely like, to like making money spite. You yeah. know that it's a money-making grab on Apple's part, and that it has you know nothing to do with the obvious, which is making these devices as ridiculously thin and light as possible. Right, right. Like, how do you gonna you know? Well, how do you like that? Yeah. Didn't silence my phone. It's Kyle Wayne's. Oh, this is good. It's a one eight hundred number. I'm going to answer it on the air. <laughs> seven hundred and twenty-one dollars to be deducted from your next month's billing statement. To redeem your seven hundred and twenty-one dollars, please visit www.att721.com. www.att721.com. Simply log into your account to redeem your seven hundred and twenty-one dollars. <laughs> At AT&T, we care about you. 
Thank you, and have a nice day. Whoa. Now, clearly, that's not at and <laughs> You know what? I've been getting... So, what is that? So, that is like, come to our site and log in with your at and credentials so that we can steal your information? I guess so. I guess I've just been right here live on the talk show. I was... Wow. I was phishing attempted over the phone. Huh. I'm not going to go to that site. I'm having enough problems with... My thanks to logging our... Logging into things today. <laughs> My thanks to our first sponsor. <laughs> att.721.com <laughs> Go there and get your $721. Now your account probably is more than that, right? But uh, my monthly my monthly well I'm in Verizon, but my monthly bill is not that much. No, my monthly bill is not that much either. Uh and mine is also on Verizon. I've gotten that call before. Yeah, so though. right, you don't even have an AT&T. I honestly, I don't know which bastard company I've given my phone number to that has sold me out. But oh god, uh, I hate There's it too because you can do about it. What I'll do with some of those too is just to waste their time. Like now, that one's that's hard because it, they don't even want to talk to me. They just want me to go to their phishing website, uh, which I I haven't seen that before until like last week when I started getting these calls. But uh, uh, if it's a usual one where they're like. You know, press one to speak to a representative. I'll do it if if I'm not busy. I'll press one, and then I'll just try to waste their time and and be a jerk on the phone for a couple minutes. <laughs> I don't answer the phone at all. I never answer the phone. Oh, Amy never answers the phone either. I hate answering the phone, which drives my mother insane. Right, because she's you know her generation was like, ooh, a phone call could be yeah right a phone call right. It's like a social obligation. It's yeah, you gotta you gotta answer the phone. Yeah. What kind of a person makes a phone call? <laughs> well, yeah, that's the other thing. I also don't make phone calls. You and I are good friends. We've been friends for many years. Um I think it's a very I think there's a very high likelihood that you and I have never once made a phone call to each other. I don't think I have your number. <laughs> <laughs> I know I wouldn't give you mine. Yeah, well <laughs> But I don't need your number. Right. Right. There's like twelve different ways I can get a hold of you. Yeah. And none of them involve calling you on the phone. Although I do, it does occur to me though that, um, like, and so for example, we're talking about going to MacWorld Expo. I still call it MacWorld Expo. I know. So it's do I. I MacWorld yeah. iWorld. I can't. I can't do MacWorld iWorld. Yeah. What do they call? It? Is that the official name? MacWorld. That's the official iWorld? MacWorld iWorld. Is there a slash? Well, you spell it that way, but you don't. Yeah, you don't the say. Slash it. is silent. <laughs> but we've been going. So it's actually MacWorld divided by iWorld. We've been going, I don't even know when I first started going, but it's sometime in the 2000s when I started going to the one in San Francisco. Um, and, you know, we, we, you and I are friends. We'll, we'll have adult beverages, you know, in the happy hour. Uh, and we have, you know, a circle of other friends we often meet with. I don't remember how the, we ever coordinated that before we had iPhones. Because I had a cell phone, but yeah. I don't, you know, it was a stupid little one with nine buttons. I mean... You could text, but it was like to get a C, you had to hit the two button three times, you know? Right. I certainly wasn't using that much. Uh, I don't remember how we coordinated stuff like that. I don't need, I, yeah, I don't either. Email? I guess, I guess. but how did we check our email? Yeah. I, I mean, were we, did we take laptops everywhere? And if we did, <laughs> how were we, we could only use them when we were on Wi Fi. And I don't right. remember there being Wi Fi at Macworld X. I guess we called. I mean, I guess we, 
I don't know. I guess I didn't. I didn't mean I didn't go too many before. I, well, I guess actually my first one was the one where the iPhone was introduced. So I only went to one without an iPhone. Huh. I I don't remember how we. I don't remember how adults coordinated things like, hey, let's all meet for drinks somewhere. And, and we at, used to just well, we used to meet at sessions, right? Which we still kind of, which still is done. I guess like, we just like did you know, so and so is doing a session. You hang out at the session, and then you talk to them afterwards yeah. to find out where to go. To right, drink. and somebody would make an initial decision, and somehow it would like communicate i don't know like yeah. caveman style yeah i don't remember and then i th- I guess maybe we just stuck together for the whole night like nobody yeah you basically yeah you travel in packs <laughs> you're afraid to go take a leak <laughs> like, because like, yeah right everybody right. would get up and go you and get lost you'd have no idea where they are yeah no I was way trying, I, was, I was supposed to meet um our good friend paul kafasis out, out in the street to, to catch an uber to go someplace and um and i got mixed up because he said he said mission, and I thought I heard market. So I was over, I was over at market, and he was he was trying to we were like messaging each other back and forth, and he was trying to figure out where the heck I was at one point, and he just like he he got in to find my friends, and I was like I can see him, I can see his little dot. Where the heck is he? It's like a block over. <laughs> so yeah, so there's like, and then and then. Uh, we didn't do it this time, but setting up like a um, a board. What's the uh, glass board? Glass board. Yeah, right. yeah. But that's another one that requires an iPhone. Right. Right. Glass yeah, board no, is fantastic for a little ad hoc social, temporary right. social group. Um, but I mean, in fact, it's almost like the ideal use case of glass board. But uh, again, it requires an iPhone. I don't remember. Right. Seems. Yeah, weird. I don't. Yeah. Uh I think you uh, missed out on you missed out on a lot back then. Is what happened. Yeah, I guess maybe maybe we just all you know called it a night early and went to bed. <laughs> I don't. I really How don't. Sad. How sad is that? Somehow though, the fact that I don't remember makes me think that no, that's not what we did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so where were the conference sessions? If the if the expo was in Moscone North, the conference sessions were like in that big long hallway right outside the the entrance. In the in the base yeah in the basement part yeah. which I didn't even realize were they were there particularly um, so there was some in there and then you went through that tunnel to south and the that big auditorium there which I think is where you gave is that where you gave your talk that one year your keynote that one year yeah well it was I a big so. room I don't know if it was the the big room but it was a big room yeah. Pretty it looked sure. like it looked about the same size as yeah. that one. It was it was pretty big. That which which is where the like the the big presentations were. Yeah, which is technically in Moscone South, but it's just connected. Yeah, it's in that like by there's that like tunnel. a uh, I don't know what you would call it, like a concourse between Moscone North yeah. and South. Yeah, there's often vendors in there too, and I've never understood. Um, I've never understood how that how that ha- came to be. Yeah, this year it was just all in all in North. Yeah. Uh, is North the bigger one or the, 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 the smaller one, probably the smaller one. It's the smaller one. Right. It's the smaller one. Cause there, yeah, I remember when Apple used to go with the, everything, they used to have the big stuff in South, right. Where as Apple's booth was. And then like the little, the, like the, the North was, <laughs> was more of the ghetto. Right. Like the little small companies one. But yeah. that was always well. They had fun. no, but they had, but they had tiny, tiny town was was still in, um, <laughs> was still in South. I remember. 
Um, it just it seemed like I think the the less expensive booths were in North back right. then. Did you uh, did you see Merlin? Was Merlin there? No, I did not see Merlin this year. Hmm. I don't think he. I don't know if he came came out for the for the I, show. I believe it was Merlin who coined uh, Tiny, Tiny Town. Town. Yes, it is. Yeah, Tiny yes, Town is. is always the is is always my favorite place to talk to people. Talk to the booth yeah. people. Yeah, because it's the it's the place where you see the people who either a have like a really clever new thing that you've never heard of before. And you're actually genuinely like, wow, I just learned about a new thing. This is why, this is why this is like a legitimate business expense. I just learned something I wouldn't have learned otherwise, or B, this person is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Right. This person has a crazy idea. I cannot believe that they have a company set up to do this. But they're, you know, they're fascinating to talk to for five minutes about their yeah. crazy idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah. there was one. I didn't see these guys, but uh, I think Serenity Caldwell was telling me about it. The, they had some home automation hub. Oh, God, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was like everything that you use will connect into it. And she's like, well, how are you going to do that? And I go, oh, well, we, we published an API. <laughs> really? <laughs> so, so they had a, they had a real build it. If you build it, they will come <laughs> mentality. <laughs> Everyone was going to be hooking into their system just because. <laughs> what do you mean though that everything would 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 like your fo- your iPhone and you know any device that you wanted to control your home from would huh. run into their system because everybody would build a, would build into their APIs. Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> All right. What about uh, uh, smartwatches and stuff like that? Anything? I didn't see. Uh, no, I didn't see any any of that stuff. Really, I mean, I didn't see any of the names that we we know. Right. I mean, because none of that's. I mean, uh, and the stuff that really exists other than Pebble, which isn't really. I mean, they don't really go to trade shows at this point, right? I don't know if they do or not. I was just yeah, you know. that's a good question. But I didn't see Pebble there. I don't think they were there. Hmm. And then you know, most of the other stuff is all Android or Tizen. Is it? So but not, the Tizen stuff isn't even shipping though, is it? It's like just like announced. Yeah, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. All right. What about uh, Google Glass? You see anybody wearing the glass? <laughs> I saw one person. I saw one person wearing Google Glass. And I think that's the and even the whole time I saw one person in the show with Google Glass. And I didn't see anybody else wearing it in San Francisco, which I was kind of surprised about. I thought there would be a yeah, little be, bit more of that. Because even – it's been a while. I don't think I've been to San Francisco in a couple months. But I know – I remember even back at WWDC, which was, what, like nine months ago-ish? Yeah. April, May, June. Yeah, so about nine months ago. Yeah. Um, you'd see – you know, a couple times a day, you'd see somebody wearing it, either in WWDC, either in the in the you know somebody who's actually attending, or just out and about on the streets of San Francisco. You'd see somebody. You know, it obviously wasn't a huge thing, but it was. It's it sticks out enough that it you know you always notice it, especially I think if you're from out of town. Uh, but it seems to me like the like we've already reached peak glass. Yeah. I mean, and you and, know, and, and there are there are enough. It's like San Francisco is having enough social problems with glass right now that, right? If you own glass, you're probably 
thinking when you go out, maybe I'll, you know, go out for a drink or whatever. Maybe I'll just leave the glass home. <laughs> right. And, you know, that could change in the future if, if uh, you know, they come out with a new version that is less um, noticeable. But, yeah, which sure. Which I'm sure is built the into plan. your Warby Parkers. And right. You, you may not even be able to go out without it. Right. It's because it's either going to fade away and they're going to just sort of brush it under the rug and, you know, say, ah, forget about that. Or it's going to get less noticeable. So that could change. But the, the glass as we know it, these Explorer kits, uh, you know, it's, it's I, I think that the naysayers were exactly right. The, the things are ridiculous. Yeah, because something like Macworld Expos, where if it was still taking off, if people were still wearing them, you'd you would have seen more than one. Because just right. you know, a year ago, you saw it more frequently. Right. Yeah, and I was like I said, I was surprised because I just I thought that you know you'd see you know yeah everybody would be wearing them. <laughs> I kind of get the feeling too with the whole um, Android Wear announcement that it's. I, and I could be wrong. It, you know, I I I'm, have no inside knowledge of what the hell Google is up to. So you know, they could have a, an amazing new Glass 2.0 ready to announce. You know, any week now. But I kind of get the feeling that Android Wear is sort of okay. Forget about Glass. Now we're going with the with this stuff with the watches and the, yeah um, amulets. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea. An amulet, right? And you get uh, Flavor like, uh, Flav. Like Doctor Strange. Yeah. Yeah, like Doctor I Strange or Akamato or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Flavor Flav. I mean, I'm sure you get Flavor <laughs> yeah, yeah. Flav to wear one. Sure. And that's what it's that's where you that's where you know that something's really good is when they have a celebrity spokesperson. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand why anybody does that. A celebrity anymore. spokesperson? A celebrity spokesperson just is like it just reeks of desperation to me. But Somebody must be telling, I mean, I don't, maybe they have numbers that I don't, <laughs> that I've never seen, but like HTC, you know, dragging poor Robert Downey Jr. out to, to talk about how great HTC is. He probably does not use an HTC phone. I, I can see it for just for the commercial. If you're going to, you know, like, for example, I don't think there well, was I a- never liked Apple's, you know, celebrity ads either. Right. Who'd they have? They had Zoe, uh, Dachanel, Dachanel, and um, um, Sam Sam Jackson. Sam, yeah, um, and uh, was it um, Martin Scorsese? De Niro, yeah, or no, it was Scor- it, yeah, Scorsese. Scorsese, that's why was, yeah, Scorsese yeah. in the backseat of a cab talking to Siri, right. uh, which was the one that I think was the most problematic because uh, a he was in Midtown Manhattan, <laughs> and you don't. <laughs> Whatever you, whatever your experience with Siri is like, I mean, it still depends on having a working internet, <laughs> an actual connection. internet connection. Uh, and B, Martin Scorsese famously is, you know, one of the fastest speakers in <laughs> in the world. And you know, to have that rat tat tat conversation with Siri was really stretching the limits of of uh, belief for anybody who actually used Siri, especially right. anybody who's tried to use Siri in Midtown Manhattan. But again, they they weren't having those those celebrities as as uh, they were just they just yeah, filmed commercials. They weren't right. the brand ambassador, you know, right. like on stage at at events. Yeah, so I think that's it. slightly less less bad. The brand ambassador thing is, and then and then the and then the even worse part is director of 
creative. Right. Like Alicia Keys Ugh, for Blackberry. Yeah. Right. It's just like, let's just light a few million dollars on fire. It doesn't even make any sense though. I, I mean, that's the thing. And, and they, you know, wasn't she one of the ones too, where it was like, she got announced as their director of creativity. I mean, as though she had like a serious, like executive job, like the title she's showing up every day. And yeah, she, right. she's move, moving up to, to Canada. To... And then, you know, wasn't she one of the ones who somebody got caught? I, I, I try not to link to these things because it's, yeah, it's, it's a little seems... immature, but you know, that she tweeted something and, and the metadata was like Twitter for iPhone. T- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but who believes that? Like, I, I just can't imagine the meeting where they're like, let's have, let's get somebody like Alicia Keys to be our creator of our director of creativity. I don't, I don't, yeah. Like, who is it that they think that actually makes a difference to? Like um, most people are never going to hear about the news. No, you know, even BlackBerry customers are never going to see anything that says Alicia Keys has been named the director of creativity. Right. Uh, but even those who do hear it, who actually would think, well, that's a great idea. Somebody who's right. never right. designed a cell phone or has any kind of understanding of software or consumer electronics is now uh, the director of creativity for this brand. That's great. Yeah. There's a there's a whole collection to be made of really stupid business ideas like that. And the other thing that always <laughs> just baffles me is Wall Street analyst fir- firms and they and I know they do this deliberately to get headlines about their firm just like saying crazy stuff about Apple. Right. I mean like Trip Chowdhury <laughs> is a pretty good example of that. I mean the guy ha- actually has like an $800 target on Apple and yet he says the company's going to go out of business if they don't ship an iWatch in 2 months. I think we're down to like 50 days now. Yeah, we're down. Yeah, right. It was about and, 10. You know, if the, and if, if nobody's made a trip chowdhury clock, Count. then somebody should get on that immediately. <laughs> yeah, I think it was about 10 days ago. And he, he I can't said, even log into my website right now, so somebody else needs to do it. <laughs> uh, let me thank our first sponsor. It's our good friends at An Event Apart. An Event Apart is an intensely educational two-day learning session passionate practitioners of standards-based web design. If you care about code as well as content, usability as well as design, and Event Apart is the conference you've been waiting for. Um, and it's not just a one-time shot. I always say this, but it's one of the best things about an Event Apart is that it's it's like a traveling roadshow. Uh, upcoming events. Uh, Seattle is coming up this week, so forget about it. It's too yeah. late. If you're You've already missed out. Probably if 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 you're listening to this, too bad. But if you've got tickets, you're in for a great show. After that, Boston, San Diego, uh, Washington D.C., uh, end of the summer, Chicago, Austin, Texas, beautiful city. Uh, here's a good one. This one uh, sticks out. Bring the family, Orlando, Florida, in uh, October, oh, man. October twenty seventh. That's a two. That's a two for right there. There you go. Right, take the kids, uh, yeah. and then uh, uh, San Francisco. Uh, Filthy town in uh, November. Uh, so that's a, I mean, that's a great lineup. That's unbelievable number of cities. There's, one of them has got to be close to you if you live somewhere in the U.S. Um, who speaks there? Uh, well, it's founded by Eric Meyer, CSS guru, uh, and Jeffrey Zeldman, uh, leaders of the standards base. Remember when stand, web standards were like a, a new thing? Yeah, a thing that, and a thing that people had to felt they had to fight over too. Right. And now it's, you know, like you had, like, it was like a thing you had to support. Like it was a downtrodden, like an, like an endangered species or something. People were putting little beanies on their right. Twitter avatars. And now yeah. it's just like, 
you know, you don't do it at your own peril. Yeah. It's, they actually, it, it seemed like an uphill. It seemed like a, uh, what was it? What's that? Uh, uh, what's that sort of, uh, battle that you're never going to win based on the guy who has to push the rock up the hill. Sisyphean. Sisyphean. Yeah. And it's, and it's pronounced strangely because you, don't it's Sisyphus, but you don't yeah. say Sisyphusian. It's Sisyphin. Yeah. So we're in other words, we're calling Jeffrey Zeldman a sissy. <laughs> uh, but he's a sissy who won the war, and, and it's just such great stuff. They have such great speakers. Uh, where do you go to find out more? Can't recommend this this conference enough. Go to aneventapart.com slash talk show, uh, and you'll find out. You get the exact dates and the prices. Uh, for when they're coming near you. So my thanks to an event apart and eventapart.com slash talk show. Uh, do you agree with me? Do you think, I, I think, I think it goes unremarked upon. And I know that there's it. San Francisco is almost like the epicenter of, of um, a lot of controversies this year in terms of like the um, income inequality and the buses that are taking right. people, you know, to, to, Google and Apple and stuff like that. Um, and I can totally see, I, I mean, if you, you know, anybody who's ever been to like the actual Valley, like where Apple's campus is, uh, I've never been to Mountain View, so I don't know exactly where, what Google's campus is like, but that whole area I can totally see, especially if you're young, uh, you know, bef- either like before you have kids, why you'd want to live in San Francisco rather than live anywhere down there. Um, but, uh, San Francisco is a weird city. I wouldn't want. I, I wouldn't want to live there. Yeah, would you? I wouldn't either. I mean, I don't like living in the the city. City, personally. I mean, we live. You know, Tacoma is not a huge city, but we live close enough. I mean, like I, I could, I could walk to downtown from here if I really wanted to. It's kind of a long walk, but so it's nice. It's nice being close to something. But yeah, that's that's too much for me. And they and they have a you know. They have a lot of homeless and they have <laughs> they also have this. So they have a lot of homeless and they have a lot of like, um, well-moneyed jerks. Yeah. I, I, and I, you know, I like going there and, and for like two, three days and, <laughs> and then getting out. It's, I've always the food. Said, the food is awesome. Oh, it is uh, totally the food true. Is so good. Right. I they, mean, that's the great thing is like, I, you know, every time I go down there, I always get some really good meals. Right. And all different kinds of stuff too. Right. Which is great. Like yeah. Thai, we got Thai food and they got they've got some, you know, and I know pizza people will roll their eyes at this, but they've got some good pizza places too. Really? That's new, I think. Yeah, like I mean they're like guys and, and they're mostly like people that have come from other places. Yeah. To, oh, to what, come there to like bring did, did you go to that place with Paul, the 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 one yeah that's in the garage? Yeah, we didn't go this t- we didn't go this time, but yeah, but we went the uh a couple of years ago. What's um, the name of that place? I forget the name of that place, but it's a guy who came from, I think he came from New York, right? Yeah. And he, they make the dough in the morning and then, you know, if they run out of dough, too bad. We're sorry. We're out of dough. Una <laughs> you pi- can't have a pizza. And una, then when they seat you, they ask how many pizzas you're going to get. Right. It's una, una pizza can... napolitana. Yeah. Una pizza napolitana. 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 It's amazing. It's really cool. And it's, he's and he's back there, and he had a they had a kid, and and so he's back there with his wife, and um and the kid was in a was in like a stroller, and he's just like 
he's making pizzas with one hand and he's like pushing the stroller with the other hand back and forth with the other hand so like his baby was back there i forget who linked to the guy first i might have been gus mueller because gus is sort of a uh pizza fanatic right. you know like an amateur uh you know pizza connoisseur uh but he was like in new york this guy and he had like uh he had like a, a very expensive brick oven and he hated it. Didn't, didn't, wasn't making the pies right. And so he like had to like smash out the back of the building and take it out. And he like went to Italy or, or Sicily. I don't know where he went somewhere yeah. over there and, and just kept looking and looking until he found an oven that he wanted and had it like shipped over to him in Brooklyn and had it like put in the back of the building and then sealed the building back up. And then he decided, screw this. I'm moving to San Francisco. But he took his oven with him. And yeah. that, I think, you know, I'm pretty sure taking a brick oven with you is <laughs> expensive, right? But it's like yeah. this guy, it's like his, uh, you know, he's sort of like his TARDIS or something, you know? Like he's right. the doctor and he's got this amazing brick oven. <laughs> he's got to take it with him. Right. And then uh, I, I think it was probably Paul who, like, convinced me to go. And we went, like, they open at 5. There's, like, no reservations. It's open at five they serve till the till they run out of dough and we got there at five and it, all it was was a closed garage there's no sign or anything and we're like this cannot be the place and then like 501 the garage door goes up and inside there's a there's a restaurant <laughs> it was also the place where i slammed car, uh, paul's uh, hand in the cab door oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we get there we get out of the cab and i just you know i'm not even like looking i just because he was in the back and I was in the front and I just go to to slam the the car door and he went in to, to he was paying the cabbie and so he leaned uh, back in and he put his hand around the the outside of the thing and I just nailed him <laughs> was he all so right bad yeah he's fine that was that was a couple of years ago yeah yeah I haven't noticed I'm sure any, he's fine by now I haven't noticed any adverse effects no audio hijack still works so it's a, yeah um <laughs> Anything else from Macworld? Anything? Any little? Uh, any other little? Uh, well, yeah. Uh, stuck out? Oh, so like um, our good pals at um, Busy Mac. Oh yeah, they came out with a with a Busy Contacts, right? Which is um, pretty cool. So, yeah, you know, I saw that announcement. It's, if you if you don't like Apple's Contacts, which was might be understandable. Uh, yeah, they they're the makers of Busy Cal. Busy Cal, which is quite good too. Yeah. So that was that was good. There were a few things. I mean, there were a few things that I saw that were kind of cool. There's also like trigger, which is this. It's a um, it's like a handle of a gun that you put your iPhone on to take pictures with. Um, but they also so it's a Bluetooth device that lets you connect. So you can use the buttons on the the handle to so the the, the iPhone sits on the top. But they also have an API. It's like a, theoretically somebody could make like a first-person shooter or something with it, which would be kind of cool. Oh, weird. <laughs> Since it actually looks like a gun. Okay. I mean, to, I don't think anybody has yet. And Do it's, have- still, it's still like $100. It's still $100. So it's, it still faces the same problem that, that the, the controllers that people have made for iOS face, that they're, they're kind of too expensive. Hmm. And, you know, you just bought an iPhone. You don't want to run out and buy another $100 device to... I think yeah. the prices have come down a little bit since since they first came out, but so the problem they're not all 100 bucks now, but still they're still kind yeah, of yeah 180 bucks for a, a yeah I mean like you buy you know like one for a Xbox or a Wii is like 
24 bucks. You know, right. you know, still don't want to spend $80. That's a pretty cool idea though. So for to, to use it as a camera, do you have to use like a third party app to take the pictures or is there some way that, is there like an API that you could I use? Think the, it's a th- I think it's their app. Yeah. I think you use their app. Yeah. Cause I didn't think that there was a way to get the, the built in camera right, to, app get the, to, to do it for, through Bluetooth. Yeah. Um, and I bought, I don't know. I bought a couple little things. I bought a, uh, just like a Bluetooth waterproof speaker for the shower. <laughs> I just, <laughs> It's just like, hey, yeah, okay. <laughs> I can listen to my music in the shower, and and then I got. Um, Have my you used son. that? Yet? No, I just no, not not yet. I so you haven't just, you I haven't showered to today? I have. I no, I did shower. I just didn't use. The, <laughs> I forgot the speaker. It's a you know, it's a whole. You got to get into the groove. Change. It's a process change. Okay. I haven't. Uh, I haven't changed my process yet. Um, and I, there was this uh, like off way off to the corner. There was this booth with all these these um, people in it with red shirts on that said Japan. That's it. <laughs> That's it. And they had and um, they had a bunch of different stuff. And, and so I finally figured I figured this out after the fact. I thought it was like one company, but I guess this is like an import company that was sourcing stuff from different vendors. Um, but they had these battery charges, you know, like a portable battery thing um, that were better price than some of the other ones that I had seen in other booths. And, and it was this, it's this, I got one for my son. It's um, a Japanese manga character um, called, uh, what the heck is it called? Dan? Now I can't remember, but um, it's the company's name is Chiro. Okay. I'll look it up. And I I think they've just licensed this, this um, yeah, Dan board. And it looks like this card, little cardboard guy, and so it's the cardboard guy's head, and you plug it. It's a box, and you plug it in, and it charges up, and then you can charge your iPad or your iPhone with it. And uh, when uh, when it runs, it starts running down. His eyes blink red, like he's angry. So it's it's kind of cool, and it was it was better priced than some of the other ones. And at the same booth, which I at first thought was also Chiro, but I guess it was somebody else. They had these um, aluminum, these milled aluminum iPhone bumpers. And, and at first I was kind of like, oh, no, I don't want to look at that. And then the guy had me hold it because they were also like 120 bucks. Okay. The guy had me hold it and it was felt really, really good. And, and it's like, it's all, it's all cut out of one piece of one piece of aluminum. It's like, so if you were like looking for a really fine bumper for your iPhone, those would be, those would be pretty good, but I can't remember the name of the company that actually makes. I didn't get the name of the company. Wait, that actually but it's, makes it's, that. It, it's an aluminum bumper for the iPhone. It's aluminum bumper. Yeah. I don't know. Wouldn't that scratch it all up when you put it in or is it like rubber? No, rubber it's good. No, inside? it's got the insides. The insides soft. Oh. Um, and, um, and I talked to, uh, I think I just talked to Dan Frakes from Macworld about it. And he's like, Oh yeah, that thing is really nice. Cause I think he got one for as a, as a freebie for a review unit or something like that. So, all right, I've got the Chiro thing here in the show. Yeah, notes. I got the Chiro thing, and that that bumpers, the damn bumpers, not on there. So, and the yeah. and the company that, you but know, it was the same the, company. No, it's not. Oh. It's, it's 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 they're all sold. They're Japanese. They're all Japanese. Right. This was sold. Everything through that booth was sold through an import company. Gotcha. Um, and the and the import company, their 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 receipt is just like like America support. 
<laughs> their name their name is sadly targeted towards the Japanese side of things rather than the people they're selling to. It's a super powerful charger. It's uh ten thousand mega amps. Yeah, so I got well I got the I got the six I got the six thousand one, but yeah, but there's another right. one. They they had all different sizes. Yeah. So some of those were they were you know, it's kind of funny looking and it's the one he had before was was much less powerful and also just looked like a like a black tube. Yeah, I like buying the uh, just the little power brick type chargers, even though it's yeah. sort of a pain in the ass. You have to bring a cable, and it's the, the extra pain in the ass. You have to have a second cable to charge the charger because it doesn't right. use lightning. But it, to me, it's better. But they all use the same, and I've got a, now I've got a bunch of devices that use that same you know USB mini. Right. adapter anyway so i just take one right usb mini in your in your suitcase but then you can charge anything with it you can charge an ipad with right. it you can charge uh you know if you have like you know like uh you know if somebody else in your family your kid or your wife has an older iphone you, you, you know when you have the case you've only got like two years of iphones that fit it mm-hmm. and then it's you know you might as well throw it out right whereas you get and one of these bricks you can use it for anything you can use it forever really uh and then the other one, uh, Akidio. So it seems like the the Thunder, like last year, Thunderbolt stuff was still kind of. Akidio, how do you spell that? Was A-K-I-T-I-O. So it seemed like the Thunderbolt stuff this year was a little bit more mature. Just oh, a little, bit more, a little bit more to see. And they have a, um, they have a RAID Thunderbolt device. It's hmm. like a 256 gigabyte flash based i think it's flash based um drive for mm. like 400 bucks cool yeah so that seems like so that's one of the things you notice this year though is that thunderbolt is sort of yeah it seemed like there was a little bit more maturity in the thunderbolt offerings there this year yeah i remember last year there was almost nothing yeah it seemed like all the drives were still usb or firewire or something right right Firewire is going out, right? I mean, it's like you yeah. Can't even, there's nothing. I mean, I don't think. I don't think you can buy a, a computer with Thunderbolt or a Firewire anymore. Oh no, they still have. I mean, I think the. Um, or am I wrong? Am I, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. Making, no, I, well, making up nonsense. I think the IMAX. I think the IMAX still have um, an 800 port or one 800 port. Maybe, maybe they don't. The minis do, don't they? Let's see. My sister-in-law uh, just was was shopping for a new MacBook and was shocked that uh, that like the Airs and the new MacBook Pros don't come with uh, uh, like a disk drive, uh, you know, oh, yeah. for movies. Uh, <laughs> which is funny because to me that's such old news. Like I'm way past it, but she, you know, I guess she still expected like that. You, you know, she has like DVDs at home that she could watch DVDs on her computer. And I was like, wow, that's it's like putting a floppy in. Yeah. I still yeah. Every once in a while I still do, but not that's just it's not really something I need that much anymore. Uh anything else? What else from the show? Did you buy anything uh, else? I I did a, a car mount thing, but not no, it's just like one of the magnetic things. You put a thing on your dashboard and then you stick something else to your iPhone case or because I'm not sticking to the back of my iPhone. Um, and then you can just slap it on there when you get get in the car. Right. Uh, 
cloak was the other thing I thought was kind of cool, which is um, the VPN. I'm not familiar with it. I know what a VPN um, is, but yeah, yeah. So it's a and it's for your iPhone. Let's see. Let me find to see if I can find a good description of it. Looks like they're at uh, so, www. Yeah, so you can set up you can set up um, which networks you trust, and then when you get into a network that you don't trust, it'll create a, a VPN for you so that you can still connect to the internet without being without using their without using their their Wi-Fi openly. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, you, yeah. I see their website's at uh, www.getcloak.com. Yeah, there we go. Cloak VPN. I'm also looking here at the uh, the current iMac tech specs, and the ports on the back are, there's no firewire. It's no firewire. Okay. Headphone, uh, the SD card slot, uh, four USB 3 ports, two Thunderbolts, and one uh, gigabit Ethernet. So no, you keep, if you buy like a new iMac today, you do not get FireWire. Hmm. So I will collect my being right point from you. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. I have a pretty, I really should uh, do more like Syracuse and, and do like a, <laughs> do some corrections up front. Because I, I like the, I've gotten a lot of compliments that I, you know, people are saying that the show is going well, they're really enjoying it lately, but uh Anytime I, I have a terrible record the last couple of months of any time that I I offer any fact without having the actual documentation in front of me, it is wrong, <laughs> wrong in some way. There's there is still a FireWire 800 port in the Mini. Hmm, that's because the Mini hasn't been updated in yeah forever. Yeah, right? That'll probably that'll probably go away the next. Which, uh, which will be. Where's the Mac Rumors buying guys? Let me go there because they always be, they'll tell be, you. Yeah. Mac Rumors buying guys do not buy. <laughs> Let's see. I don't even see where it's listed. Oh, there it is. Don't buy. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. There's no way. <laughs> Let's see how old it is. Right now, it's 523 days old. It's crazy. Wow. So yeah, the, I mean, because you used. To, I mean, it used to be that the rule of thumb was like you wait six months. Don't I mean if you know, right. if you're under six months, you could probably buy, go ahead and buy. But if it gets over six months, eh, you might want to wait because you know six yeah. to nine months it should get it should get updated. But that's clearly not. Yeah. So the last couple last couple of revisions of the Mac Mini, uh, the one before that was around 461 days, and the one before that was 400 days. So they don't really update it that frequently. Yeah, but now at 523 days seems like that's a long time. Every once in a while, people I, I always just send them to the Mac Rumors Buyers Guide because I'm no expert. But people, you know, they you know, well, you write during Fireball, you must know when I should buy a computer, and I'm <laughs> terrible at that. I really am. I, I my advice. Oh is always, yeah, I, I was always the worst. I would yeah. buy one two weeks before the new ones came out. Right. Either if you need one right now, just buy one. And if you know if it gets obsoleted in the next couple of weeks, well, that's you know that's life. If you can wait, wait till a new one comes out and buy it as soon as it comes out. Is what I always say. If you're the type of person who's bothered by, yeah. You know, Although every it. once in a while, it's like if they change the the configuration or the form factor in a massive way. I always think, yeah, maybe it's not good to get the first version of that. Yeah, that's that's reasonable advice too. Because uh, 
especially with stuff like there was a lot of there were a lot of issues with the first couple of months worth of the retina macbook pros where people were mm -hmm. getting you know and and uh, you if you go to uh i forget how you'd go but you could check your serial number and you'd know whether you had a screen from sharp or from samsung or something like that and it was like the, all the screens from sharp were showing like had like image retention problems or something yeah and that's the sort of thing that if you if the kinks get worked out eventually but it may actually be worth it to buy like six months after it comes out instead of immediately after it comes out right or by the second iteration yeah uh let me thank our second sponsor and it's our good friends at squarespace you guys know squarespace squarespace is the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website uh could be anything it could be a blog you could host a podcast uh, it could be a portfolio site if you're a designer or an artist. Uh, could be an online store. Could be all of those things. You can just drag and drop which components you want, which templates you want to use, uh, and build your own site. It is so easy. Uh, simple and easy. Beautiful designs to choose from. You can customize if you want, you can get in and just change the code. You can tweak the code if you want. You can use drag and drop to adjust the layout. Uh, they have 24-7 technical support through live chat and email. Uh, their tech support locations, they have one in New York, and they have a new one, uh, I think it's new, in Dublin, beautiful Ireland. Uh, plans start at just $8 a month and includes a free domain name if you sign up for a year up front. Uh, which is great. I mean, it's almost like you're getting a couple of months free. Uh, responsive design and all the templates, so everything looks great on iPhones, on other smartphones, tablets. Uh, the store alone is makes it worthwhile. Anybody who's ever tried to set up an online store by hand, it's the biggest pain in the ass. Squarespace <laughs> makes it easy. You can start a trial with no credit card required. Uh, just go there and... Um, sign up for a new account. You can get started without giving them a credit card. They'll give you a free trial. So when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, be sure to use the offer code uh, Yankees. And you'll get $10 <laughs> off your first purchase uh, to show your support for the talk show. Go to squarespace.com and use the offer code Yankees and uh, you'll get 10% off. You can't beat that. I'll have to wait for the next offer code. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't going to talk baseball. It's, I guess the season starts this week, though. Uh, yeah, yeah. I wasn't going to talk baseball. There was a there was a San Francisco. There's a Giants exposition game on home game on Friday night when we were there. Did you go? I did not. We were, some of the people were talking about going, but then we ended up deciding to just I'm go sure straight to the bar that, instead. And did Paul tell you the story about the? Yeah. Well, I was there that time. Were you with us? Were you out with us? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Paul hates that story. I, I feel like <laughs> well, that, he loves to tell it though. He does, but I feel like he's the guy. Like for most of us, it's like, oh man, imagine the luck. And with Paul, it it's like it, it's the white whale that he's chasing the rest of his life. Right. Long story short, it was I think it was WWDC. Yeah, I think yeah, it had to be two years ago. And uh, our friend Jason Snell, editorial director at. Uh, at Macworld, they had a little, uh, uh, you know, like a little five o'clock meet and greet, like a friends of Macworld uh, 
little and it wasn't really a party it was like a like a cocktail reception i don't know what you call it yeah reception um, reception. reception it was very nice rooftop of macworld's building beautiful scenario um but uh they had a lot of work to do i guess because of you know it was wwdc week and there was all sorts of uh editorial content snell had a couple of tickets to the giants game and he couldn't use them and he was trying to give them away and paul and i thought about taking them in fact paul even had them in his hand and we were going to go to the game, and I decided not to go because my wife didn't want to go, and my wife was there. And I thought, you know, I don't want to, you know, I came out here with her. I'll stick with her. I'll skip the, I don't want to go to the ball game. I'll go wherever she's going. And then, I don't know, Paul, I don't know if he couldn't find anybody else to go with him, but we were like, gave him back to Jason. We went to dinner at, uh, I forget the name of that place, Tra- something, it was a tequila-type Mexican place near the oh, ballpark. Yeah. And, uh, that, was, that was good, too. And and the guys at the bar were really really rowdy. Or the game was on, and they were really rowdy. And it didn't make any sense because the Giants were up like three nothing. And and then the guy caught a fly ball, and the bar went nuts. And I just looked at Paul. I was like, "There's no way that catching a fly ball makes the bar go nuts unless." And we both look at each other. It's a no hitter. <laughs> and then we like immediately went over, and it ends up it was a perfect game, right? It was a perfect yeah. game. Well, yeah, we kept, and then we kept, we went someplace else. And we walked down the street. We we every bar that we were passing, we kept like ducking in to look at the right. look at the baseball game because it was on it was on all the TV screens pretty much across town. All right, Matt Kane pitched a perfect game, and we had tickets in our hand. Right. And then uh, the next day, Paul and I went to we had lunch with uh, some of our friends who work on the MLB app, the MLB at bat app. Uh-huh. And we started. We were like. Uh, we were like, you know, we were, of course, we were talking about the perfect game. And, and Paul was like, you know, we had tickets in our hand. And the MLB guy's like, oh, we were there. <laughs> <laughs> of course they were. Right. <laughs> they just get that. They have like a cool deal where they can pretty much just walk. There's like an entrance, you know, like some kind of VIP entrance. And they've got like a, a badge. And they can just, anytime they're in any town, they can just kind of walk into a yeah. ball game. Which is kind That's of awesome. the thing, man. That's the thing to do is, to, you know, get into the thing that you like and i think about this and and that's a perfect example another example for me is like the people who work on comiXology which is the comics right app you know it's like you you know how to code you know how to design and you make yourself a a comic selling app and it becomes a huge hit that is actually the back end for for both of marvel and dc's own apps it's the same it's just a rebranding of the comiXology app and then, uh, and I just wrote an article for the magazine about these guys who are doing Minecraft YouTube videos. I saw that on your website. I was going to let's talk about it. Yeah. So there's all these. My, my son's been playing Minecraft for like a year and a half, more than a little more than a year and a half, probably now. And, and how old is how old is Hank? He's ten. All right, same age as Jonas. Yeah. And. Pretty soon they some I don't know if it's just if there's some sort of noise that goes out that adults can't hear or or how the kids find out about like going to YouTube. I guess they start searching Google to try and figure out like different things to do with Minecraft, and they come up and almost all this stuff is done is done in YouTube videos, which dro- originally just like drove me absolutely berserk because every time I was trying to help him with something, I wanted something that was like a, just like a text doc, you know. A page that would tell me what to do. Right. <laughs> but they're all YouTube videos. And so you have to watch a YouTube video to figure out how to do this stuff. But the, the people that make these, because of the the 
incredible success of Minecraft, the people who have made, who make these videos, a lot of these people have done incredibly well as well. And some of them are just like videos of these guys playing the game. Right. And just having a good time. I mean, this one guy, um, uh, Joseph Garrett, who's lives in the UK is, has two, he just passed 2 million subscribers on YouTube and has, I believe over 800 million views of his videos. Isn't he the guy he goes by like a, a stampy stampy. You know? Right. Yeah. And I remember reading about him somewhere and I just said, Hey Jonas, have you ever heard of this guy stampy? And, and he, he was like, of course. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's stampy. Yeah, everybody knows stampy. He acted and, as though I said, have you ever heard of this guy? Uh, <laughs> President Barack Obama. <laughs> he was like, Oh yeah, stampy. He's pretty good. <laughs> and he, so <laughs> The Daily Mail tried to figure out how much this guy was making because Google pays you like you can make like something like seven dollars. You know, that's like an average for seven dollars per thousand views. And, um, you know, at, at 800 million views, that starts adding up. So the Daily Mail tried to figure out what he was making. They think he makes between something like 80,000 and 800,000 dollars a month. Somewhere gross between. grosses grosses that and then google takes like half of it and then he works with a network that does promotion and stuff like that and they take a cut too so he's not pulling in that much but his channel could be grossing anywhere between eighty thousand and eight hundred thousand a month right and if it's at the high end of that even if he's yeah only, even if he's only keeping a quarter of it i mean that's right. really really good money yeah yeah so and he's not the i mean there's there's a relatively small list of people who are at the top of that game um but they're all they're all doing pretty well <laughs> it is but it's and and it's an amazing phenomenon and it really is you it, it's inevitable as we rocket towards old age that there's going to be something that the damn kids are into that right. we just don't get right right it's you know like uh, Steve Allen uh on the tonight show <laughs> making fun of rock and roll lyrics right <laughs> And it's like, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be Steve Allen making fun of the rock and roll lyrics. I want to keep an open mind. I don't think I'm ever going to watch these videos myself, but I do want to keep an open mind. The thing that gets me with Jonas is two things that get me is one, he'll watch the videos while he's playing. Right. So he's got Minecraft running on his MacBook and he's playing while he's watching videos on either an iPad or his iPhone. Yeah. And he's doing both. Hank does exactly the same thing. And he, he, a lot of times he'll just put one earbud in. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then sometimes he just breaks out in the most riotous laughter. Uh, I mean, just like (laughs) nothing else ever makes him laugh like that ever. It it is, and it makes me jealous. It's the type of laughter where it's like I need to know what's that funny. (laughs) And and I watched. I so I sat down. I guess I had never watched one of them through myself. I just you know had seen him over Hank's shoulder, and I I watched one of these ones where it was just like it was Stampy and a couple of his friends, and they're playing this like Hunger Games online Hunger Games version of Minecraft, where you know you go around and. And, you know, eventually the goal is basically to kill everybody else. Hmm. And, and it's, it's, it's him and two of his friends and then all these other people that they don't know. And, and they, you know, and like the hunger games, they work together as a pack for a while. And then it gets down to the end and they have to kill each other. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just, and it, 
and it was weirdly kind of infectious. I mean, just like because they were having such a good time just watching them by, you know, by the, I, I, I thought maybe I like, oh, I'll turn it off after a few minutes, but it was like, it's like 20 minutes to a half an hour. And I watched the whole thing. I, I mean, I haven't gone back to watch any of them since then, but still it's like, it's kind of, it is kind of enjoyable just watching somebody have a good time. Yeah. And that's what, I guess that's what it's about. Have you seen the guy, I forget his name, but he's a guy who is, um, every day he plays some Minecraft and records it and he narrates, he just talks into a microphone and he's trying to get to the end of the world. Oh yeah. Yeah. That I didn't mention, I forgot. I, yeah, I forgot to, I should put that guy in the article. I'd forgot to mention him, but yeah, he's just, there's a, so there's a, there's a upper limit to how big a world Minecraft can make, but it, it's huge. Right. And he's been playing. And it used to, when Minecraft first came out, it was just like a square. You know, the world was just a square. And if you went to the edge, you could just fall off the edge. Right. Um, and then they quickly increased that. And now it's something like where he he is going to have to do this for like 22 years. <laughs> and it, But there's also like a bug where it like increasingly, like the further he goes, he's going to start seeing things, more weird glitches. Start happening. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> and his his... His avatar in the game has like a a wolf who follows him around. He's he's got like a like a pet dog. Yep. Uh, and I don't know. And it's just fascinating to me. And so he that's what he does is every day he just uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of him just heading. I don't know if he's going north, just walking. But yeah, just going in the same direction, right? And just talking, you know, uh, about random stuff and. You know, when the game gets interesting, when he's like attacked or something like that, you know, he'll he'll narrate his his action, and he's got tens and you know maybe even millions. I don't know of followers. Yeah, he probably does. I mean, he's probably it's probably got to be in the millions by now because he's been he's been featured in a few things. So, yeah. So it to me it speaks to two things. It's it, it's this, and that's what you know. I'll put a link to your attention mining article and thing. I think it's well worth reading. But to me, it's this intersection of a Minecraft, which is genuine phenomenon, and and I think it's I think it's an unbelievable game. I don't play it, but I've I know enough from watching Jonas that I think yeah. it's. I play it a lot with Hank. I mean, I will will I've got a server we run at home, and so he'll say, "Hey, come on, play with me." And so we play on the server, and it's fun. Yeah, it's but it's more than you know. Because you actually do build things, it to yeah, me is... it's really creative. It really is. It's not just, uh, you know, like when we were kids and be like, come on, mom, buy me a computer. I'll, I'll you know, I'll use it for learning, you know. Yeah. And the other day we... And um, learning was he, learning to memorize the maps in Bard's Tale. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, the other day he had, and this was, so there are all these modifications that you can install. And he had read about this one, or probably or not read about it. I'm sure he had seen a video about right. it. So he got he got the mod and he installed the mod himself. So that's the other thing he's learning about, like how to install all this stuff and learning about the back end and where what goes where. Right. And so he knows he knows how to do all this stuff in the Finder. And you know, like I don't think he they've changed it since you know in the last year or so. So that you used to have to like unpack jar files and then move files in and then recompress the jar file and put yeah. it back. Um, and I think it's much less difficult than that now because they changed the infrastructure a little bit. Yeah. But it's all because it's all Java, which is ridiculous. I mean, if you had told me that I'd be playing a Java game, <laughs> never would have believed you. But um, 
he got this one that he that allowed you to put like a passcode on your door of your house. So you go, you know, that's one of the things that you do is you build a house to protect yourself from like monsters and stuff. And and he wanted to put do this thing where you put a passcode on the house. And I went to the the website that had the instructions for the mod, and I and it's like a, it's a little program. So you get you build a computer in Minecraft using different parts. And then you put the computer in the wall of your house and connect it with this line to the door. And then you had to type in a code. You have to type in a little program to, to basically tell the door to open and close and what the password is. And so I sat down with him and we, you know, he worked together to type this little program in and, and then he, you know, he quickly learned how to change the, the password where the password was in the in the little quotes and then how to change the timer setting for how long the door was open so he's you know i showed you know i sat down with him for a little while showed him how to how to do that and then he spent like you know another hour or so just like playing with the <laughs> playing with the different parameters and stuff right. like that but he's actually learning to but he's coding yeah so right. he's in this game and he's actually writing a program right it's unbelievable but yeah. so the other aspect is the youtube angle which is the way that YouTube is, I mean, we all watch YouTube videos, but uh, the way kids use it is so different and so much more pervasive. Like it's, it's effectively their TV. Right. And I, you know, I know that sounds trite, but in a way that when I was 10 years old, I watched as much TV as I could get away with. It was just what we did. Right. I mean, it just, you'd, try to, you know, come home from school. And if you could, you'd, if your parents would let you, turn on the TV and just watch whatever was on, right? Yeah. Just yeah. keep flipping flipping around the channels until you found the most interesting thing you could find, which even if it wasn't interesting, I'd watch. Sure. You had to have uh, something on. Right. <laughs> what else were you going to do? <laughs> I mean, I've, I've watched, like, I know for, I, I'm guaranteed, I have seen every episode of The Brady Bunch at least Three times, because it, at one you know one point it was like four o'clock. The best thing that was on TV was Brady Bunch reruns, and it was a horrible show. I knew it yeah. was a horrible show. I don't think I ever once genuinely laughed at a single gag, but I watched anyway because it was on. Uh, and I feel like for kids today, it's you know they he would never waste time. Jonas would never waste time just watching something stupid because he could be watching a a YouTube video. <laughs> Uh, or a Minecraft video on YouTube that yeah. that he finds fascinating. Yeah, but he, it, for for Hank, it's also been like a gateway to a whole bunch of other YouTube videos that are crap. <laughs> oh, absolute, but so, but crap that they find. Yeah, they find hysterical. Yeah, I mean, right. he, this is that. There's that one. Some of it's kind of funny. There's that one guy who does the um, the drive-through pranks. Oh, he's I like don't a, know that. He's he's, he's like a, he's a magician, um, and he does some good. So he does some cool tricks. He'll go up to like the he, almost always. He's just like punking some fast food place, and he goes up and and he'll like order something, and then he'll have like three one dollar bills in his hand, and they'll go, "It's a uh, four fifty. He's like, "Oh, oh, shoot! I've only I've only got three dollars here." Um, um, and they go, "Oh, and they'll go, oh, hang on a second. And he just like lifts up the three dollar bills and like and like smacks them back down on his hand and they turn into fives. <laughs> and, the, and the reactions, it's like the reactions from the clerks at the McDonald's or whatever it is are always the best part. Just like what? <laughs> what are you? How did you decay? Come over here, watch this again. <laughs> um, and then he does a thing where they like drive through. Like he'll he covers himself up. He had built a fake 
car seat and he reclines his car seat and lies down and puts the fake car seat there and drives the car up. <laughs> so I think I've seen nobody, that. <laughs> you order something and then there's nobody in the car and the car pulls up. I've it's seen It's all that stuff one. like that. And some of them are, you know, there's some are better than other ones, but some of them are pretty funny. Yeah. So, and it, it, it's also a sign that YouTube is, and I go, I, I'm, I guess I'm late to the game on this, but it's a real business for people. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> clearly, clearly it is for for Stampy. Right, but it's there's a lot. Of, he was yeah, he was work he was working in a pub a year ago, right, and working working minimum wage and just and then and it didn't really take off immediately. It took him a long time. This other guy, um, Daniel Middleton, Middleton, who's who's the diamond minecart of Minecraft. Um, he had another channel where he did uh, Pokemon videos and he had that for like three years and, you know, ended up with like 10,000 followers or something like that. I think I have the right, I think I had the guy right. Anyway, one of the guys that I wrote about and then um, suddenly switched, he switched to Minecraft and, and now he's up to, he's up to like a million and a half or more. I wonder, does Google, when they announce their, um, I don't think that they do, but I wonder if when they announce their um, like quarterly finances, separate revenue for do that, they, do they break YouTube apart? Yeah, I and doubt if it. not, it would be interesting to me to know. Like, is it because obviously for a lot of these people who are making these videos, it's meaningful income that there's it's like it's not just a fluke. It's right. for a lot of people they can it can be like their that's their job is making YouTube shows and that the ads pay a you know. A living wage or more, uh, but in the aggregate, does Google's cut of that turn out to be significant to Google? I think it probably does. Like I think it's a you know you have to start thinking about YouTube as not just being successful in terms of aggregate eyeballs, but that it's actually mm-hmm. a successful acquisition financially. You know yeah. that it didn't make a lot of sense to me at the time because I just thought, well, how can they make money? You know, the bandwidth costs are got to right. be exorbitant. But, right. you know, I think it's actually turned into a real thing. It would be interesting. It, it, nobody, it's hard. It's so, so this stuff is so hard to track that you don't have a good sense of where all the money is going because, it, you know, Marco wrote that piece a week or two ago about how he was just basically giving up on ads. Right. On his, on his site because it just wasn't worth the trouble for him anymore. And he wasn't, getting enough money. I mean, it wasn't getting that much money. Um, and it does seem like I've heard that. I've heard that other places as well, that website advertising is becoming, is drying up a little bit, but podcast advertising is like a boomtown right now. And, and so, and so it seems YouTube seems to be the same way. Let me tell you about Warby Parker. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Warby Parker is a new concept in eyewear (laughs) founded with a rebellious spirit and a lofty objective to create boutique quality, classically crafted eyewear at a revolutionary price. Uh, It's a collaboration between four close friends. It was conceived as an alternative to the overpriced and bland eyewear available at most uh, uh, retail eyewear stores. Uh, Prescription eyewear simply should not cost three, four, five hundred dollars. The industry is controlled by a few large companies, and uh, they've kept prices artificially high. If you've ever thought, "Hey, why do glasses cost this much?" Well, it's because they shouldn't cost that much. So, by circumventing traditional channels and engaging with customers directly, right through their website, uh, no retail overhead. Although they do have some retail locations now, but you don't have to use them. Uh, 
Warby Parker is able to provide higher quality, better looking prescription eyewear at a fraction of the price. So you get better glasses and you pay less. Uh, there's a special page just for the talk show. You can go to warbyparker.com slash the talk show and glasses start at just $95. Uh, really cool. And you think, well, how am I going to buy glasses online? Easy. They have this try at home program. So you go there, you can browse through the glasses that they have and you can say, here's what I think it would look like. They've even got like a little, uh, online thing where you can use your webcam on your computer to, uh, they'll take your picture and sort of show you what the glasses would look like on your face. You're not going to buy them like that just on the picture, but maybe it'll give you an idea of which frames you're interested in. You pick five pairs that you're interested in and they ship those five pairs to you. You try them on in your own home. You can look in the mirror. You can get your uh, friends, your significant others to say, hey, there's that's the one. That looks good on you. Then you send them back, tell them which one you want, and then they'll send them back to you with the actual prescription lenses right in there. Couldn't be easier. Super easy. Unbelievable selection. And you can't beat the price. It starts at just $95. So go to warbyparker.com slash show. And uh, you can get started. They have everything. They have sunglasses, anything, you, anything you want. Glasses. Do you have, do you have prescription glasses? Uh, I do, but I almost never wear them. I, I wear contact lenses. Yeah, that's what I, I wear contact lenses, and I've got a I've got I'm pretty practically blind without them. But I bought I so the last pair of glasses I bought was like 15 years ago, and they were I mean they were like over a thousand dollars. They were real. They were fashionable. They were really nice. They're really good glasses, but they were they were really freaking expensive too. Yeah. I, so definitely the next time I'm gonna I'm going with Warby Parker. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I I know. I forget how long how old my current glasses are, but they're pretty old. I don't think they're quite ten years old, but it's probably close. Probably like eight years old. Uh, and I know that I paid over six hundred dollars. Yeah. All and and that's knowing. I bought them knowing that I don't wear glasses usually. It's, you know, if I'm sick or something or, you know, like if I'm flying, sometimes I won't put my contacts in because it's I I, I prefer not to sleep in the contacts. So if I'm going to try to sleep on the plane, I'll just wear my glasses, stuff like that. Uh, but I don't really, you know, I, I wouldn't say I don't care what they look like, but I didn't want to spend 600 bucks on them. Yeah. But and, there didn't seem and, to be any was, way around. At least back then it was, and I think that's one of the things about Warby Parker, right, is they, they all come with a coating. Yeah, no, it's and, no upsell on any of that stuff. Yeah. You get the anti-reflective lenses and, you know. Yeah. It's like when you'd go to, when I when I went, it was such a total upsell scam. It was like, right. here's right. what it's they like cost. A car, it's like buying, it's going to a car dealership. Yeah. Right, it was like the the regular lenses are made out of the material they made that the, the first iPod Nano out of, where like your fingernail can scratch it. It's like, yeah, you don't want these lenses. They're, they're made out of like a putty. <laughs> 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 and it's like, no, I guess I don't want those lenses. And they're like, you want these lenses. They're, they've actually got an, you know, they're scratch proof and glare proof. And oh, and they cost 300 extra dollars. <laughs> Years, long, long time ago, I had, uh, I found a pair in my grandfather's house. I found a pair of my dad's old glasses from when he was like in high school. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and I took the frames and had had new prescription put on them, so I wore those for a while. Yeah, those were which was really cool. cool. But then, yeah. and eventually, they broke. They were just they were too, you know they were from the from the forties, right? Used to be, you know, the glasses were actually, of course, glass, and it was like mm -hmm. if you've ever found like an old pair of glasses like that, they were incredibly heavy. 
Yeah. Because it's like, it's not just, like you can get glass sunglasses if you don't have prescription lenses and they're not, they're, they're heavier than plastic lenses, but they're not super heavy because they're, they're not prescription, but the prescription makes them thicker and yeah. Like and old. at the time, I did. I had I had to have glass put into those because they were too small for my prescription was so bad. Right. And they, I guess they hadn't invented like the super thin. I mean, they hadn't the technology with the plastic wasn't good enough that they could actually make the lenses small enough to put in those old frames. So they used glass. Right. Like, and it's you know, it's like a cliche that somebody has coke coke bottle, coke bottle glasses. Yeah. But That's the old, me. it would. <laughs> yeah, I think my my vision is probably bad enough where if I had been around. 40 years ago, 50 years ago, I'd, I would have had like inch, inch thick heavy glasses. <laughs> would have been terrible. Um, what else is going on? We got the uh, Microsoft Office came out this week for the iPad. Yeah. Which is a pretty big news. I forget who said it. I should have remembered, but somebody said that they've traded, uh, they've decided to give up on world domination and, and settle for relevance, which oh, is yeah, a little harsh. A little harsh, but it's sort of true, I think, you know, because I think well, you that, could try and dominate in a different way, really. I mean, right. You're, you're not you're dom- you're trying to dominate with your with your apps rather than trying to dominate with your operating system. Because it's really, the, you know, that's I guess the big question everybody has, why did it take so long? And I think that the best explanation, I think it's probably more complicated. You, you know, I'm sure that in, internal to Microsoft, it's a long, long story. But I think, you know, you could probably sum it up as Steve Ballmer didn't want to have office on the iPad because he didn't want to give the iPad any more credence in the business world. Right. They had, I mean, he, I mean, I'm assuming that it was him for the most part, just that whole marketing scheme of making everything windows was just, I, oh, think, it was, du- uh, I think dumb. It was uh, at waffle.com waffle that test.net. I'll send a, I'll send a link in the show notes. I'll actually do show notes this week. <laughs> and then the other thing, wait, actually, I'm not sure if this actually happened or, but Mary Jo Foley was, had heard that they were going to change windows, Azure to Microsoft Azure. That makes sense to me. Yeah, makes perfect sense. That is going to, uh, if it's true, it would be announced next week at Moscone at Build. At build. Yeah. Do you know what's actually funny about that? I'll tell you what's funny. So I missed Macworld. Yeah, I know I, what's funny. <laughs> I'm actually going to be at uh, at Build next week. I will be there at San Francisco. And there is a very good chance that I'm going to, uh, I'm going to have an episode of the talk show that I'll be hosting live from build. Uh, but I think it's only going to be for build attendees. So those of you listening who are uh, going to build, uh, I don't know how it's going to turn out. Cause I don't do, I do, you know, does anybody who who's going to attend build, listen to the talk show? I don't know. I've been told that it should be well attended. I'm kind of fearful that it's going to be like three people in the audience. <laughs> But anybody who is listening right now to these words before or during build, uh, I think on Thursday, what's the date going to be on Thursday? Thursday, the 3rd of April, I believe I'm going to have a live episode of the talk show from build in uh, Moscow. And, and this is not an April Fool's Day joke. This is not an I don't do April Fool's Day jokes. Yeah. 
So stay tuned and listen. I guess I'll, I'll post it on Daring Fireball if, when I get the final uh, And is uh, Brent, Brent going to be with you? Uh, Brent should be with me. Yeah. Yeah. Brent Simmons, colleague at uh, Q Branch. Uh, but yeah, that's what I, 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 I saw Mary Jo Foley's report on that. It makes sense to me that it's going to, you know, they're going to stop using. And this, to me, couldn't be more clearly a sort of, look, this was sort of Balmer's thing. That right. every, everything gets called Windows, whether it has anything to do with Windows or not. <laughs> uh, and I think with Azure, it's actually maybe the worst case of that ever. Because, and, you know, and uh, her explanation for it, and it makes total sense to me, is it actually puts the wrong message in developers' minds where you're thinking, well, Windows Azure must be something for people. For Windows. For, you know, whether you're writing PC Windows or Windows Phone, it's some kind of cloud thing for Windows developers, where it's really not. It is absolutely, could not be more uh, platform agnostic. It is mm -hmm. just a way to run code in the cloud. And you can, you know, program in whatever you want. You're not programming, you don't, you know, and using Windows programming languages unless you want to, you know. And but you could just use Node.js or anything. So calling it Microsoft Azure, I think, is uh, a smart move. Yeah, and it, and it just it seems like you, yeah. I mean, in, in Apple, I feel like you know, did that right with the iPhone, whereas it's not. You know, it's not the Mac phone. It's something completely different. And you also bring in people who might have had a negative connotation with your previous products. Yeah, that's a perfect. It's like it's, it's a whole new, it's a whole fresh start. Yeah, it's a perfect analogy, really. That calling it, yeah, calling it the Mac phone, whether you think it's a good name or not. I mean, but even let's say that Mac phone, let's just say that, say that hypothetically we all agree that, that it's a cool name in theory. Uh, it would still would have been a terrible idea. I think marketing wise, right. because like you said, it would have made, might've made people uh, who've always thought, well, the Mac is this weird computer. That's not like my computer and I don't get it. And it's not, I think it's like got like compatibility pro problems with, with my stuff, mm -hmm. give it a new name and let it be its own thing. And it, it start. With and it's funny. Slate. It's funny that they did that with the iPod. They, I mean, because at the, you know, at the beginning it was really Mac only. Right. And it wasn't until later. And famously, you know, as we now know in hindsight, that uh, Steve Jobs wanted to keep it Mac only. Right. It wasn't like they had the idea, or at least Jobs didn't have the idea right from the start, that they would eventually expand to Windows compatibility uh, with the iPod. It was, you know, but they still gave it a, its own name, which I think was smart. Yeah. So it seems like there was, the, maybe the, it was just like a general mindset <laughs> in the industry in the early 2000s that you had to push your, all of your platforms at the same time. And luckily Apple got out of that mindset and Microsoft is only now getting out of it. Yeah. I'm super, you know, it's a couple of reasons I'm going to build, but I really do. I just have like this sort of sixth sense, like spidey sense that it's going to, um, that it, the CEO change at Microsoft is, is a, a really big deal. And I yeah. think that it's, you know, that we really are going to see uh, uh, exciting new stuff from Microsoft. And that's it, truthfully, you know, for the first time since I've been doing this stuff, Daring Fireball and the talk show, you know, this the last 10 years or so, uh, I am so much more interested in what Microsoft is up to than at any point in that whole era. Right. 
And I was, I've had a very big change in my, my outlook just within the past six months, because six months ago I was kind of, you know, Apple stock does what Apple stock does. And Microsoft, Microsoft stock was still like inching up, even though they effectively had no CEO. And to me, that was just, and, and it seemed like the coverage was just sort of like, well, they'll, they'll come, they'll have a CEO soon. Yeah. And, and it was just, like, if it had been Apple without a CEO, you wouldn't be able to move without, you know, under the avalanche of negative stories that would have been out there. And yet somehow it seemed like nobody really was that bothered by the fact that Microsoft didn't have an actual CEO. So I, I thought the outlook for the company was possibly extremely negative. And the fact that they've picked who they've picked, I think is, has turned out pretty well so far anyway. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think that I get the feeling that build is going to be, um, Satya Nadella's coming out party. I mean, who knows? I could be wrong and it could be like the most boring keynote ever where they don't really have much new to announce and, and whatever. But I kind of get the feeling like, no, I kind of feel like, no, this is uh, a big deal. Yeah. And I feel like maybe there'll be a lot to talk about next week. That's stuff that we don't even know yet because it's, they've, they're keeping it under wraps. Keeping it under wraps. Um, I don't know. It's, it's exciting though, to me that there's, that they're, um, sort of like a, a slumbering giant that's woken up. I'm waiting for the first person to write this, the story about how it's a bad sign that you didn't go to Macworld and you're going to build. Yeah. I hope nobody <laughs> makes a big deal out of it. Cause <laughs> ideally I would have gone to both. It just, I had like a, a it, the new dates for Macworld just didn't work out with a previous commitment, a family thing. But see if Dan, if Dan lines were still writing about Apple, that would have been written already. I wonder. I don't know. I hope not. It's, I wouldn't read into it. If I could have, I would have gone to both. It's just a un, unusual coincidence. But I do feel like it's it is sort of an interesting sign of the times, though. I don't know. I think it's kind of interesting that I'm that I'm missed MacWorld and I'm going to uh, to build. Well, if it would be I, the the more comparable thing would be WWDC, right? Rather than MacWorld, right? Um, have you looked at the Office for iPad apps? I have looked at them briefly. Um, I haven't paid for 360 yet, and I don't really plan to. Um, yeah, I did, I did I, download them just to see what they look like. And they look a little similar to what they did for uh, the Surface, which I think was pretty good. Uh, I was, I think, was surprised. I was surprised when the Surface came out that it was actually that much different than the desktop versions of the regular old desktop versions of Office. Yeah. And it looks like, I mean, they look like, they're fine. They're yeah, good. they look like I real just, iPhones. I don't have any. IPads. I don't have any need for them anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is I don't use a word processor anymore. Uh, yeah, and I don't know. I mean, other than using it for, and I've been yapping about this for a while. But other than using them for business, like if you work in an office that uses Office, then sure, it makes sense because you might want to do some editing, do some work on an iPad. Uh, but I don't, if I was just a consumer, I don't know why I would pay that much money. I mean, you know, people don't make, are people really printing out those newsletters anymore? (laughs) I don't know. It's interesting. So the, the basic idea is it's the four apps. There's four apps that comprise office for iPad. It's word, Excel, 
PowerPoint and uh, OneNote. Um, they're free downloads, but as free downloads, all they can do is read only. And you can, if you save your documents to uh, your your what's it called, the OneDrive. I think that's another thing that they changed the name of. Wasn't it called like Windows Drive or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. And now oh, they just call it OneDrive. It's OneDrive, yeah. Which is sort of like their Dropbox slash iCloud, sort of like like a yeah. middle ground between iCloud and Dropbox. Um, you can read only, and but it's it's as far as I can tell, and I haven't seen anybody dispute it. It's it's really good fidelity. It's not you know. You know, and I guess you run into issues with fonts and stuff like that, just like you do with uh, the iWork apps, where on your Mac you can have all these oh, right. whatever fonts you want. But if you stick to you know the Microsoft fonts, and it's like the apps have those fonts embedded too. The uh, I don't I forget all the names of them, but the the standard modern Times New Roman and well, but they've got like new ones, one? the ones that all start with oh, the, okay. like the letter C, I think. Uh, but which makes it confusing. But anyway, if you stick to those fonts, you know they open up and they work. And it's, you know, I, to me that's an interesting model that it's read only is completely free, and then you have to it's like a hundred bucks for a subscription, and then you can yeah. you unlocks the, uh, uh, you know, full. So there's two. There's like a professional. There's a three sixty professional thing, which is ten bucks a month. But then there's like a, um, there's a how like a household whatever <laughs> what's the consumer whatever the consumer is which is going to be a little bit less per month I think right uh, and I don't know it'd see it'd be interesting to see how that works out for them um, yeah ten but, ten dollars a month for three sixty home premium seven dollars for personal one thing I did notice is that when you sign into one with like your Microsoft account. As soon as you sign into one of those apps, you're signed in in all of them, which is interesting uh, sandbox-wise. And it has something to do with I'm, – I'm sure it has something to do with the uh, – do you remember the thing a couple months ago where uh, when Text Expander stopped working with iOS 7? Yeah. Because they were using um, like a – I forget what they were using, but it was like a shared folder. We talked about it on the show. Yeah, right. Uh, they were using something that was not exactly what it was designed for. Right. It was like shared clipboards or something like that. And you, it was, it was, it, what Text Expander wasn't the reason it got shut down, but other less scrupulous things like ad networks were using it to track stuff across apps. So Apple closed it. But the one thing that they left open was that apps from the same developer can use a shared clipboard. And it must be how. Microsoft is doing that where okay. once you sign into live.com in Word, then when you open Excel, you're already signed into the same account. Uh, and I, you know, I'm sure that there's other companies, you know, like a, like the Omni group or something like that could probably, and maybe they do use it because they have a whole suite of applications. Uh, but it's, you know, it, it just, it's cool that it works, but it just shows though that it's, it still kind of stinks that there's no way for apps from two different, developers to to work together the way that mac software's right. right always you know it's always been such a cool community where you know different developers can integrate with each other and you still can't do that on ios yeah. but it's kind of cool it, it stuck out to me that uh, the office apps have some kind of shared functionality like that and you can you you can buy the subscription through the app yes 
That's interesting um, too. You don't have to. So like all the enterprise licenses will not be bought through the app, of course, because right. they already have one. So they just put in whatever their login is. And they- right. So if you've already got a paid level of account, when you sign into the app, it's just the read, full read-write functionality will be there for you. But if you right. do buy it through the app, it's and then this is apparently, you know, famously this leaked out in the press, you know, from year a year, maybe even longer ago, that Microsoft somehow didn't want to have to pay the thirty percent app store revenue share. Uh, but they're just, you know, they are now. If you do the in app purchase uh, to sign up for it, it's a regular in app purchase just like any other developer and Apple gets thirty percent of it. Which yeah, is I, wonder, I just I wonder how much that's gonna it's gonna amount to. I don't know. It looks like you know, and it's hard to say. That's to we'll me never is, know. But right, it looks the and it's you know because it's one purchase. You only you don't have to buy Word separately from Excel. You buy a three sixty five subscription, and if you have an active three sixty five subscription, the apps are unlocked for read and write all of them. Um, but they show up if you look at the best. Uh, top grossing list for iPad, they show up from which app the purchase was made in. So if you make the purchase in Word, it Word gets the credit in the top grossing oh, list. See. Um, and they're all listed. They're all, you know, none of them are at the top of the top grossing, but they're all, you know, last I checked, I think Word was like number four. Uh, so it seems like in the aggregate, yeah. it's not, hasn't exactly set the app store on fire, but it seems, you know, seems pretty right. well received. Uh I think the true test will be though is it, is it like a flash in the pan because there's so much pent up demand from people who've been waiting for this or is it going to stay in the top of the list for weeks and months to come? And I wonder how renewals work. I guess renewals work the same way. I think so. so like you could renew on Microsoft's site and not pay the and Apple would not get that money. Right. Or or probably like a message pops up within the app that says you're running out of time, you need to renew. And if you do it through that, they do. Right. Yeah. It's not, I mean, the price is, you know, as far as Office goes, the price isn't too bad, assuming they keep up with the updating of it. Because Office is so ridiculously expensive to begin with. That yeah. I think there's, I mean, there's, a, there's like a student license that's like 110 bucks or something like that. But other than that, if like you're buying all those those apps, it's still, it's ridiculous. You know, it's, it's in the several hundreds of dollars. Yeah. But it, you know, again, if you're maybe like, if your school has a, like a site wide license, maybe there's some school, you know, some students who can mm-hmm. just sign in and they've already got them. Yeah. It is. It does seem, it's a very different world than the old days when you used to buy a box. Oh yeah. Right. And it was crazy expensive, but. I guess the way yeah, you used I never to save bu- money. I never bought Word outside of a student license. No, I don't think I did either. Or or and then and then later I got it, you know, from where I worked. Right. So I'm interested, you know, and as a as a non-expert in any of those apps, but just having downloaded them and poked around, they do, they do feel like good iPad apps. Really good. It doesn't feel like any Yeah, like that startup screen was very iOS-y. Yeah. It didn't you didn't you didn't start it up and say and this was, you know, for, for us older users, was a big deal back in the '90s when they went from Word five to Word six, I think, right? Where they, the Word was a uh, originally Mac 
only, or Mac, you know, coded specifically for the Mac, and then they tried to unify the code base with Mac with a uh, Word six, right, and destroyed it. It was just like a, it was a, it was a memory hog. It was slow. It was crashy. It was ugly. It was, <laughs> and people stayed on Word like five one for years until eventually they either went to something else or had to upgrade. Yeah. Here's some of the fonts. I'm looking at uh, the thing right now. Here's some of the Microsoft fonts. Calibri, Cambria, Kendara, Consolas, Constantia, (laughs) Corbell. I think that to me that... Cordana is Cordana? No. Cortana, Cortana. I was trying to think of (laughs) Consolas is nice. I've used that. I have that on my Mac because it's like their uh, monospace font. Get it? Consolas? Console? Uh but I think that that naming scheme, giving them all these these C names, it it confuses the hell out of me. I can't. Yeah. I immediately forget them all except Consolas. Uh, but anyway, they really seem like good apps. I'm curious to see when the reviews, you know, from people who are a lot more serious about uh, Office apps, how they compare to uh, obviously to Pages, Numbers, and uh, Keynote. In terms I mean, in, ge- in general, they've they're, so they're stripped down versions of like the regular Office apps. They don't have everything that the regular Office apps have, but from what I've seen, it seems like they're still more full-featured than Pages and Numbers. I think so. And ex- yeah, it's I know. Hard to tell. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure. And I mean, an Excel is just—I don't—I, I really don't see any need for Word <laughs> at all. <laughs> but Excel is really like the de facto standard for spreadsheeting. Yeah, but I also know, I do know, and it's just, you know, it, it, I'm sure there's, uh, you know, everybody out there listening to the show is either going to be like, what, that's crazy, or there's some of them who work in yeah. such companies and they're like nodding their heads, where there's still like a culture in a lot of companies where when you email somebody, it's like you don't put the message in the email, you send a Word document, right? <laughs> you like type your thing, you like a memo in a Word document, and then you email the Word document around. I mean, and I know that that's, yeah. uh, you know, like I said, 90% of the people listening to the show are like, that's crazy. And there's like 10% who are like, yeah, that's my company. <laughs> and it can't, it has to be better to do it, you know, to actually have word reading the document than pages. Even though I think pages does a pretty good job with it, but. Yeah. And especially if you've got to do stuff, you know, and I looked and they have the stuff like change tracking and stuff like that. Um, uh, yeah, know. actually, actually, so yeah, I, I should take the change tracking. Supposedly, the change tracking in Word is is really like a good uh, cut above uh, other options. Yeah, and it just seems like with these iPad apps, like they haven't glommed on. Like I can't speak to how similar it is to the versions for the Surface. Uh, I've seen some people say it's pretty; they're pretty similar. Um, but it really does seem it's you know they've not. It, it, they haven't given like the the Mac and Windows app and just wrapped it in an iPad and here now use your fat finger. Right. It seems like they've really taken an opportunity to rethink how these apps should work for for these two sort of devices. Yeah, and it seems like I mean, clearly this they've been they've been around for a while, right? Sitting on a you know. <laughs> The drive someplace and then right. finally. Well, but it seems like it's been active. Yeah. It's, I mean, there's been rumors that they've been ready to go or almost ready to go for a long time and that they yeah. were held up just by internal politics. Cough, cough, Steve Ballmer. Um, right. You know, and whatever negotiations they tried to do to get around the 30% revenue share with, uh, with Apple. 
Um, but on the so other he, hand, so you, th- I mean, I guess the, then the, seems like you could come to the conclusion that the idea was that he was just, he was thinking that he would get them to, to budge on the 30% and then was deciding, you know, was saying, no, forget it. Right. And my guess is that they probably tried similar, you know, wanted to get an exception like, uh, uh, like remember the early days with the Kindle app where the Kindle yeah. would have like, Hey, you want to go buy books, hit this button and it takes you to Safari. And then you're in Safari to buy your books at the Kindle, you know, Amazon's Kindle store. And you sign in with your account, and then when you go back to the Kindle app, because you're signed into the account, the new books show up. Right. And Apple was like, no, you can't put that button in there, which I still think is sort of spiteful. Yeah. I feel yeah. like it would not – I feel like it would not hurt Apple to do that. But you know, it's easy to say when you're not the one who can collect the 30% <laughs> of everything. <laughs> but I kind of get the feeling, like long story short, what Microsoft thought was, well, we're Microsoft – and why wouldn't they want Office on the iPad? Just let us have a button that'll take them to, you know, Microsoft.com, where they'll give us a hundred percent of the money, right? Right. And I think Apple was like, "No, we we really do. We will. We'd love to have <laughs> we really, your. We'd rather have the thirty percent. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, we, we would love to have Office on the iPad, but we will take the thirty percent. Uh, so and it's I'm, funny. It's funny how I mean they're basically the ones who budged. Yeah, Microsoft is the ones who budge, but like there's a piece by Greg Kaiser at Computer World it says Nadella to Cook on Office revenue sharing dropped dead, which is exactly the opposite of what yeah. ended up happening. When was that? The other day, twenty eighth. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to I'll have to link to that. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think that's about it though for the week, right? You got anything else? No. How's your uh, How's your other podcast going? Good. Yeah. Turning this car around. Turning this car around. I got I got to tell you, I fell behind a couple of episodes. I haven't been keeping up and I went, <laughs> but well, I, you know, I loaded So you've up. been doing some doing some really lousy parenting. Yeah, well, as always. <laughs> uh, but I did load it up just, you know, since you were going to be on the show, I loaded up, you know, your website, see what you'd, you know, been writing and and I loaded up the the podcast show. Uh, got to tell you, I wasn't ready to see Lex Friedman dressed up as, as Elmo. <laughs> Nobody ever is. Really, really disturbing. <laughs> and it's a knockoff Elmo, too. Well, it's not even a real, that's not, not branded. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that they, you know, much like the Disney company, that they uh, they do not sell branded. Uh, I, I guess not. Because they're it, just leaving money on the on the table right there, though. No good can come of it. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, you don't want a bunch of people running around in Elmo. It's really a horrifying picture. So it's, there's it's, a place. There's a place. I've taken. I put this on. Uh, I think Instagram a long time ago. On like, it's sort of like a South Tacoma way. Is there's a Neko case song about South Tacoma way, but it's you know it's a lot of car dealerships and and uh, dive bars and stuff like that. But there's a there's also like a like a dirty bookstore that's like it's called Elmo's Books. I think. <laughs> Not a sponsor. No, not a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> We've had some unsavory. Which I think sponsors. is I mean, you know, I think it's a little you know, probably just a guy whose name is actually Elmo. <laughs> right. Oh, really wasn't ready for that. So anyway, turn it turn what's the website? Turning this name? car around. And we now have the turning this car around URL, so turning this car it's no around. No longer no longer just some acronym. You can go to turningthiscararound.com. 
Yeah, and go there if you go there this week while this show right here, this show is fresh, and you'll see Lex Friedman dressed as Elmo, and you will, you will probably need <laughs> need adult <laughs> Some beverage afterwards. Some help after that. Yeah, you're gonna either need to talk to somebody or you're gonna need a stiff drink because uh, I mean, wow, <laughs> wow. John Moltz, uh, what else you got? You got your uh, you got your uh, very nice website. Yep. Which is down as as we well, record. Well, no, the site is up. I just can't log in, <laughs> <laughs> so you can read what I published previously until I fix <laughs> fix WordPress. So we all have a new website. Another, that's another advertisement for Squarespace, right there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say before we got on? We were talking about it. You logged in and it just came up with a white page. It's just, just a blank page. Yeah, <laughs> lets me log in, but then just show that like I can't get to the dashboard for some reason. I don't know. You know, it's a lot funnier because it's your website, not mine. <laughs> so I'm sure. I'm sure, it's, I'm sure it's hysterical from where you're sitting. <laughs> it always is. Oh, uh, all right. Uh, yeah, have a good time in uh, San Francisco. See yeah, and so remember, everybody listening. I drank all the gin. Sorry. Oh well, I'm, I'll, <laughs> I'll have to move on else. to uh, something else. <laughs> uh, you're probably not kidding, are you? <laughs> well, in certain places, I'm not. You know what's? Do you ever drink the other stuff? The the fernet. That's another thing that I drives me nuts in, about San Francisco. I know all I, the, these... uh, Merlin likes oh, the Fernet, and so does our friend Albert McMurray. But and uh, I know, and I Merlin man is a genuine human being, and he is he, he truly everybody out there knows who he is. He's he is so not full of shit. If he says he likes it, I know that he actually likes it. But I know there can't possibly be true that most of the people drinking all that Fernet actually like it. <laughs> It, it is, and that is yeah. So that's something that runs out frequently at bars. Oh my god, yeah. And it's like, well, I how can that possibly be? Like in Philadelphia, I would guess that most bars have like a thirty-year-old bottle of Fernet. Yeah. And once in a while, some jackass from San Francisco comes in and orders some of it. <laughs> I never even heard of this stuff until I went out there. And you go I out had, to San I Francisco, and that's all they drink. Stuff is foul. No, I think it's gross. <laughs> <laughs>